recording. It's wet outside. It's fucking rainy. Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm back with my boy Aaron. Uh, local nail gun. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I just got this the other day. I'm a big fan of this. Dude, we're just trying to build some cool shit out here. We got, like, 200 hats. So uh, And I got one of them. One of them. But I'm honored. How, how's it going, dude? How how you doing? Hey man, so we just got back. I uh you and I go we go way back here. We um I've known you for a couple of years now back when you're in high school and uh you're doing big things. I just I just got back from my 7th professional baseball season. Just finished my 7th with Tampa Bay. It was in Double A this past year uh in Montgomery, Alabama with the Biscuits. It's been my I spent about two and a half years with the Biscuits. Um, I've had some crazy experiences in pro ball. I'm just entering now. Technically, I guess I'm a free agent now, so kind of a time of transition for me. But I mean, it was a fun year, man. A lot of a lot of highlights this year. A lot of fun stories, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I know, 27 going on 28 here. Uh, a lot of juice in the legs. I'm I'm looking forward to playing somewhere. I'm just not sure where that's going to be, but it's all right, you know. Looking back, like, on this year, like, was there any, like, highlights or just, like, best parts of the year? Like, obviously, it was a lot of up and downs, but... Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I, I hit a walk-off Grand Slam this year, you know what I mean? That was that was probably a highlight of my life. Um, hitting a Grand Slam, obviously, is so rare as it is, right? But, you know, to be down, you know, two outs, down three, bottom nine, it's called the ultimate Grand Slam. John Boy Media had it on one of their, uh, one of their little, like plays of the week or whatever just a very rare play you know if you're down three two outs kind of they call it the ultimate grand slam because there's not a lot of outcomes that can happen to you either you know you're out or you you know you hit a home run yeah um yeah and I, I you know I watched that I would I would probably I would probably go dig holes in Saudi Arabia for 30 days straight to to do that again you know that's <laughs> that's how that's how that's how that awesome feeling the feeling is. and then so like after that though, like what was the reaction from the team, the front office, like kind of like how do they treat you after after that happened? You know, not much different, man. I mean, I'm I don't I, I like to think that I've had a lot of clutch hits in my career. Um, it was definitely kind of a full circle moment for me, being one of the older guys in the organization. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the a lot of the Rays front office was there and kind of shook my hand and said that was really cool to see. You know, you've been here for this is your seventh year, obviously, just a really really cool moment for you to have and. Uh, but no, nobody really treated me any different, you know, it's just, you know, one of 150 games during the season, but I mean, I'll definitely show my kids the highlight, you know, and, uh, it's, you really can't ever match the high of that. Like being an, <laughs> being an athlete. And that's, is why you see so many problems with athletes, you know, post playing is you can never match the adrenaline and the feeling that you get in a moment like that. There's just no way to top it. When you hit a double or you hit a home run and the place is vibrating and you slide into second base and you can feel it under your cleats, you can't match it, dude. There's really no other feeling in the world. That's why it's so tough for a lot of these guys when you're done. What's the coolest like environment, whether it was like college or pro ball like that you've played in so far? I mean, I, I, I don't get sick of going out to the field every night. I mean, I will say like – Huntsville, Alabama, the Trash Pandas, which is the Angels Double A team, they they, they 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 pack it out, dude. That that place is awesome. We had a lot of battles there this year. Um, is that I mean, like random your places? Are the Trash Pandas like your rival? Being in Montgomery? no, not really a rival. We did, we did, we did have a little bench clear with them this year. Oh, the uh, <laughs> but um, not there's no really rivals. I mean, uh, minor league baseball is very fluid and stuff, but. Um, there's just a lot of random locations that that pack it out like like there was a the, the white caps in michigan the west michigan white caps in 2019 i mean i think they had 20,000 one night when i was there on a thursday you know and it's just random places you know it's yeah. just and what division is that that was low a in 2019 but just it doesn't 20, really for low a yeah it doesn't crazy. really matter the level it's really more about the environment the stadium promotions the weather, I mean, mm -hmm. all that stuff kind of is if, – if you're in a town or in Greenville, South Carolina with the Red Sox, high A team, they pack that place out. It's a beautiful park, mm. awesome place to play. I remember going, like, growing up to uh, Rock Cats yeah. in Connecticut. Yep. I don't think they were any good. Now the like, Yard Goats, well, I mean, they're, it changes every year. Yeah, but, like, that shit was lit. Like, it was great. They had, yep. like, a bounce house for the kids, and it was just, like, you know, they get a bunch of people at those games. Baseball gets a bad rap, and we can go into this. I mean, there's so many games – there's so many games, and so people obviously kind of – I don't want to say get bored, 
But I don't. There's a lot of things with baseball that I think they could do better. I think minor league baseball. I mean, we have the Hartford Yard Goats locally. That park is is perfect, man. There's not a bad seat in that park, and I think that place should be packed every night. They do really well, but there's so much you can learn, you know, if you're a young baseball player going to games. Um, and I just wish that I wish the MLB did a better job right now. We I think baseball, you know, be, being in it so long, there's there's a lot of issues compared to the other sports. You know, growing up around here Red Sox Yankees the rivalry and the the city pride was like everything you know I would feed off that as a kid you know Giants Dodgers and just the conflict that baseball had the the the, the larger than life personalities the Barry Bonds the Roger Clemens you know the the the, the confrontation and the and the and the conflict that baseball had you know like the hype up to those like rivalry series I, I feel like it's kind of missing that right now to be honest and I think we need to do a better job marketing that are there like specific things that you think mlb or just baseball in general could adopt right away to to bring that back and to just well catch up with others i'll tell you this from being in the locker room the players you know let's talk i mean let, we could talk about the we can talk about the, the tim anderson jose ramirez fight this year right when we think about viral moments for baseball that's in 2023 that's the first thing that comes to my mind and I'm a player right and we think about the NFL the NBA right the NFL taps into that gladiator mindset of of human beings they do a great job marketing the players there's a lot of city pride you know you know division to division the NBA it's very star driven there's a lot of politics between the stars of the league you know this guy played with this guy and it sort of carries the offseason. NBA free agency is, is widely talked about. MLB free agency, nobody says a word, right? Like, and and <clears throat> and it, it lacks the same sort of muster that we had, you know, growing up, Red Sox, Yankees, Manny Ramirez, Pedro Martinez, right? Like, and in the being in the locker room, I mean, not to say that, you know, we need to there needs to be fights every game, but what are some of the most memorable baseball moments that you that you remember? Dude, I mean, like, even just this year. It's like, I don't follow baseball. I follow football. I follow basketball. Yeah. And like, when I think of baseball this year, there's two things. It's fights. It's when I see like a big bench clear mm-hmm. and like brawls, the managers come out. Like that shit's like yep. all over social media. And then Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. Because he's just young. He's got the swag. Yep. He's just coming in and he's like disrupting the game. And like the old heads kind of hate it. Yeah. And like, what are you going to do? Like that's, that's kind of inevitable. But- Someone, I'm 20 years old, and I see that. I'm like, damn, I actually now am looking at Red Sox when Cincinnati plays at Fenway, and I'm thinking I might go to a game. Yeah. You know, I didn't go to a game, but still, like. I know. The MLB has has dampened sort of that, like, that gladiator feel that the MLB, I think, used to have. And, 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 I mean, we bring up, like, the Tim Anderson fight, right? The down goes Anderson, that that clip. (laughs) That clip is gonna be is gonna stay around for years, right? Like, and I can tell you from the locker room, like the players are are very okay fighting. Like, not to say that we need to be fighting every night. Like, it's not at the level of disrespect. But baseball is a very violent game, and it doesn't look violent from the outside. It looks easy, right? Because the players are so talented. But when you're in the box and that ball, I mean, you're you got a ball whizzing ninety eight that you can hear, you know, a couple inches from your body. It get it takes sort of this like gladiator f- mindset flow state state of mind to be able to execute even just hitting, which is like a simple thing, right? It looks simple, but when you when you stick the average nine to five person in the box, I mean they're freaked out. You know, do you think hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in pro sports? It's easily the hardest thing. It's been proven by scientists. I mean, you have less than the blink of the time to blink your eye to make the decision. And the balls are moving so much drastically different than they were even 10 years ago because everybody's learning how to train better, how to take care of their bodies better. Every year it's elevating. Hitting a baseball, I mean, you go to a double-A Hartford Yard Goats game, these guys could go to the big leagues tomorrow. I mean, our third baseman, Junior Caminero, just got called up for the Rays like last week. And two weeks ago, I was taking ground balls at him with third, you know, and and it, did he go straight from double A? Yeah, up there? which is pretty rare now. But wow, but the talent level is just insane, and and hitting a baseball is 
you know, given all the outside factors, I mean, by far, it's, it's the hardest. You have to be swinging until you're not. Like, I'm swinging until I'm not. I, I have no time to decide to swing, which is a huge misconception uh, among normal, you know, fans. And but, then, like, I guess for, like, a normal person, like, listening or even just me, like, when you do swing, how do you – I mean, obviously, at this point, you've probably hit hundreds of thousands of balls in your life. Yep. But, like – how do you decide like where to put that and like how do you like control when you're like okay I know I'm making contact but I want to put it over here right field left field like yeah you really don't control where you're hitting it it's okay. more about it's more about the intent of the hey, way to the yeah way the intent of hey I'm anticipating a certain pitch hey I'm anticipating this to a spot I mean any high level hitting coach will probably tell you you know hey like we're hitting to a spot like I'm looking to a location not a pitch generally because right like you know, I can, I can, you know, I can hit a breaking ball that lands in the same spot as a fastball, right? Like that I'm looking for. Um, Pete Fatsy, my hitting coach, who's the big league hitting coach for the Red Sox, been a mentor to me a long time. He told me a story back when he was in spring training with the Brewers. Chris Davis, who was, you know, longtime all-star, um, 30 homer guy year after year, um the hitting coach one of the hitting coordinators i guess had them in the room he said hey who sits on pitches and everybody raises their hand like yeah i sit on pitches right and then then he said okay who sits on location the only guy in the room to raise his hand was was chris davis and this is coming from pete um and chris davis was obviously you know a beast and um he explained he's like well hey if i'm looking away right and i look in a way heater but i also get a slider i can hit through that window right with the slider as long as i'm in control of my forward move I'm in, I'm in control of my body like i can hit through that slider away and the heater but there's a lot of times with the younger hitters and high school hitters and i coach you know we're getting into the nitty the nitty gritty here but there's so many times i watch high school games <clears throat> and just a rolling breaking ball rolls in and they shut it down early and they get the little oh nope and the breaking ball just ooh, slides so right want, in and that, that's a control pitch. the narrative there and you want to like I'm hitting regardless. This is where I'm going to hit it, and then you adapt to the pitch rather than like, we have to be athletic first. enough to stay in movement through the forward move and be able to even if like hey we're looking for a heater here, but it's a breaking ball. Like I'm still in a position where I'm back and I'm dynamic enough to like hit through that pitch with good direction. And what I mean by good direction is up and through the middle of the field with length through the zone, um, and. You know, if you you can't really play pro ball if you can't hit multiple pitches to a spot, basically because they could throw any pitch in any count. And so when I coach high school guys, you know, I talk a lot about it. it's like, hey, those homers are, are those breaking balls are home runs. Like these guys don't have good breaking balls. Like we 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 should be able to to hit a breaking ball in the middle even if we're looking for a fastball mm-hmm. if we've done the requisite work before. But you know, that's like the nitty gritty approach for though. you. I mean, your career has been built off your strength as a hitter, right? Yeah. Definitely. How did that develop? And like, what was the level? Was it high school, college? Kind of walk walk us through. Just like, always loved loved hitting, man. I mean, I grew up <clears throat> had a great dad. You know, he was uh, he coached at Amherst College, played at Amherst College a little bit. You know, not a, he was a major leaguer or anything, but he was very smart, studied the game, and. You know, I'm very thankful for the times as a kid when he would come home from work and, you know, I'd grab my aluminum bat and he'd just flip me wiffle balls in the driveway and we'd hit out there for an hour, you know. And, I mean, we just – we I studied it. You know, I studied it growing up. My, my favorite activity was to go hit. You know, like Friday nights in high school, I was uh, with my buddies at the cage till 10 o'clock, you know, just hitting, like until our hands were blisters. Like, just had fun with it. And you really can't replicate hitting a ball over a fence. Like, if you talk about, like, the pinnacle of any sport, like scoring a touchdown, like you score a touchdown, it feels good. Like, you know, hit a hit a, hit a big three-pointer, it feels good. But, like, hitting a home run, it's, like, it's such a big action. The ball goes over the fence. Everybody watches you run the bases, like, jog around. It, you kind of feel the spotlight. I think. Well, and that fence is put there to prevent. It's like it's yeah. kind of just like you're breaking the limit. You're breaking like, the yeah. limit, and 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 you can feel the energy as you jog around the bases, and like it just you just feel like all the culmination of all those hours because it's really hard to hit a home run. It's it's not it's it's not an everyday thing. So so, um, <laughs> you know, it's just it, you can't match sort of that. I think that pinnacle and like all of the the greatest things you can do in sports, just because like it's extended. It's a spotlight sport, baseball. You know. 
you mean you hit a three-pointer with two minutes left and like boom you hit it okay back on defense and it's kind of in the flow but like oh home run okay we scored a run you have that moment now okay boom crosses home plate home run on the statue like it's you know it's just it's the pinnacle so like high school college what was that looking like recruitment wise or like when you started to pick up like yeah so i you know growing up sorry i got off track but i I, (laughs) growing up you know awesome you know had an awesome youth experience and i just loved to hit and and i was just obviously around here kind of under the radar baseball the baseball culture in new england is getting better but it's not great um and i went to a prep school called williston um really went there to play football more than baseball and uh but i love baseball i always envisioned myself playing professional baseball mlb i never really envisioned myself in the nfl even though i loved playing football in the fall um yeah, and I was under the radar, man. I mean, I, I ended up getting recruited to this program called Northeast Baseball. They do an amazing job still. I mean, I would say that they're the best program in New England by far as far as, like, recruiting the best players and getting guys to college. I was playing at Williston as prep school. I You know, I started grinding through the summers, um, playing 50, 50-ish games all around, and, and I wasn't even the best player on my summer team. You know, I mean, we had guys that were – drafted high we had ryan mckenna who's in the big leagues with the orioles who was on our team um big uh, pitcher named austin Decar, who went to commit to clemson he was the top recruit at, at new england in the time and i was kind of under the radar on the roster um but i always just hit you know like i i was kind of i played third base then i started catching right because i had a mentor named jason sports say hey catching might be the the way for you to move up the highest because you're a good hitter and you're left-handed and, and and I just hit man and ended up going to uh the first school that ever recruited me was UConn and I got a, a letter in the mail which was back when they were doing letters which really wasn't even that long ago um I got a letter in the mail with the UConn logo on it and it was the old husky it wasn't the new one so like that was just such an iconic brand to me at the time and that was like oh my god I want to go to UConn right so UConn had sent me the letter and we started um kind of having a little bit of dialogue and and uh, I ended up going to a UConn camp, and at the camp was the University of Hartford, which was at the time a rebuilding program that I had never really even heard of um, in the America East. And the Hartford coach, Steve Malinowski, pulled me aside after the camp and said, dude, I, you know, I love what you're doing, and emailed me that night, and <clears throat> we sort of had, started having the dialogue, and, and, and over the next sort of six months, like, I mean, Hartford would email me you know, every week, you know, they were at all the, the games that I went to. I think they saw me play six, seven times in the next couple months, came to a couple showcases and, and they were just super communicative. They were calling me and, uh, Justin blood, the head coach had played, uh, played professionally and coached at UConn in those previous years. And sort of the, the UConn, um, you know, of assistant coaches went to Hartford to sort of build up the program. And, I don't know. I just, I always tell kids and I was like, you got to go where you're wanted, right? That's where you're going to get the best experience is if you go where you're wanted, um, rather than, Hey, I want to play a Vanderbilt. I want to play a Vanderbilt. You know, your best experience is going to be when you play and you have an impact on the team. And they, and Hartford just made it clear to me that like they're rebuilding, you're going to be a part of this and, and, and you're going to have an opportunity to play as a freshman early. And that was major because I made a lot of mistakes as a freshman. I didn't I was not very good. Like, you know, I was missing signs. I was crappy defensively. Like, and, uh, I got to learn a lot that freshman year. I mean, I really, I hit like 240 with like no homers, you know, like it was like, it was great. But you got the experience. But I, but I learned a lot. Yeah. And I played against some players and I ended up making a lot of adjustments into that sophomore year at Hartford and, and just t- took off from there. Real quick too, like on, you know, going where you wanted, what are your thoughts? Like right now, it seems like that's, even more relevant with nil and like football's football and basketball are the big like nil sports but i'm sure there's some in baseball as well and uh you know for like a young athlete like that's like that's like the biggest thing right now right just like yeah well your high school sport right now everybody's playing for the commitment um i i didn't even have social media in 2014 when i committed like i had a facebook you know, that was about it. And, and your mom like posts like, yeah, hey, well, going I, and she didn't even have a Facebook either, man. I just said like, Hey, I'm committing to the university of Hartford. I got like 200 likes on the Facebook post. Like that was what my commitment was. And everybody's playing for the commitment. Now. I, I really don't love the transfer portal, dude. I think 
I think, you know, we're seeing kids, you know, getting brought on to even with baseball, like we're doing, we're doing the flexing of the, the photo shoots. If I take a visit and I'm like a crappy, like freaking outfielder in the Eastern mass, like, and I'm, you know, like, it's just, well, the thing is though, that kind of comes back to like what we were talking about earlier, where like basketball, football at a pro level, the like, they have like the marketing, they have the, like all the stuff, like the narrative off the field and baseball at the collegiate level has to keep up with that you know, social media hype. So yeah. I feel like that is kind of necessary. Even it, though, like, it is, it but it, I, I, I can't stand it. I mean, it, it sucks all around. I can't stand watching these kids who freaking can't, who, who, yeah. who, who are, you know, who are, who are, who are not even, you know, going first team all in their conference in high school and they're going to X school and, you know, on a little visit and I'm throwing the hat on and I'm flexing in front of the camera. I remember media day at Hartford and, and, and we had a good little run at Hartford. Um, you had to be like a captain on the team or like one of the impact guys to like get a photo shoot, right? All the schedule stuff that we had at Hartford, like when you get the poster with the baseball schedule and it's around campus and there's three guys on there, like that was earned. You know, you had to earn that. I didn't get on a schedule till my junior year. When I was there two years and I hit 350 the year before it was all conference. You know, I didn't get on any of that stuff. Like there were like five of us that got the opportunity to do the photo shoot Right. And that was like a big thing. And now I, I see everybody, you know, everybody with a jersey, you know, these these D three guys are mocking the, the photo shoots <laughs> now. You know, it, it's kind of gross. Like the culture's gross. I don't like the transfer portal. Oh, I don't play my freshman year. I'm transferring. Like, you know, I want it now. I'm the best player. I'm the man. You know, I don't you know, if, if the coach doesn't like me, like that's the culture now and I hate it. And uh you know, it's, it's especially pervasive in baseball and football. Like I understand, right. You're a five-star guy. You go to Georgia. Okay. Like we got another five-star guy here and your window is small. I get it. Okay. I want to transfer to, to Texas. Like, okay. Football right. is like less room to prove yourself too. Yeah. Because it's just like, so like it's 12 guys and like in college football, there's like eight games a year. Yeah. So like, or 10, like whatever it is, like 12, 12 yeah, yeah, 12. So it's like, it's way harder. Baseball is a longer season. It's like in and out. It's like the rock. Yeah, it's changing. a longer season. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity to, to, to help a team on the field. I, I just I, – I think the transfer portal, okay, like, okay, like you got a guy that's – okay, he's at a mid-major and he's really performing above that level. And, like, does that kid deserve an opportunity in the SEC? Like Tommy White. Like, you know Tommy White with LSU? So, you know, he uh, – you know, he started at NC State, which is by no means a small school, but – um, you know, in the ACC, which is an awesome conference for baseball, but tears it up and then he transfers to LSU and he, he, you know, he tore it up. He rightfully deserved that opportunity. And then obviously tears it up at LSU and wins a college world series. But, um, you know, there are cases like that, but I can't stand, I mean, the program hopping that goes on is just disgusting to me. And, you know, these coaches, they work hard to recruit these players. They work hard to create a relationship with the player. And, oh, I, I wasn't an everyday starter my freshman year. Like, I'm leaving. You know, and it's just weak, you know. And it's, it just sort of uh, reaffirms the culture we have right now in the country. Um, soft, arrogant, you know, um, I want it now. And and, and my, my baseball career was not like that at all. You know, I uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I – and I, I've, I feel like I've had a pretty good little run here and – you know, I'm 27, 28, still playing, and I was not, you know, I was not the man at Hartford my freshman year. And Hartford is in the America East. I mean, it's a no-name school. You know, I mean, it's very possible. I we, I play I play with a bunch of guys going to NAIA schools and pro ball that tore it up, that earned the opportunity, and you know, they weren't wanting to transfer. You know, and I just think like, you know, if you're if the coach doesn't like you, you know, what are you doing? What are you not doing? You know what I mean? You know, we got into like sophomore, freshman year. What going into junior year? What did that look so, like? So uh, going in junior year, you know, with baseball, right? Like uh, when I was in it, there were forty rounds. Now there's twenty, and this thing's moving. On. <laughs> and uh, so, so I go into junior year, and we had what we call a scout day. Um, and most most Northeast colleges have these scout days because in the Northeast, you know. Um, just, just not, not, there's not as many banner players as there are in the South and in the West. And, you know, a lot of these mid-major schools will hold scout days, say, Hey, like here, you know, these scouts come, we're going to run a workout and, and this is what we got on the team. And you can kind of like make some notes on some guys. And I remember preparing for scout day junior year. And that was like the biggest day of my life. Like I had a good sophomore year. I played in the NECBL, um, which is kind of a step below the Cape. You know, I would say it's probably the second best league in the country kind of feeds into the Cape. 
Um, had a good summer in the NECBL with the Blue Sox here in Holyoke. And, and I came into junior year and I was just thinking about scout that, you know, because junior year is when I become eligible for the draft. So, I mean, I was <laughs> – I mean, I was, like, not doing homework. Like, I was, like, hitting on the tee, like, till 10 o'clock. Like, I was hitting – I had this anxious energy just hitting every night, getting ready for scout day, which is uh, kind of, like, late September, um, early October in the fall. And, uh, yeah, and, and we came to scout day, and I just I just remember the morning. I remember going to the cage early with a couple teammates, like, in the cage. Like, okay, let's, you know, get going. Let's, let's, let's like, let's have our best BP today. And, you know, we just – we had a great – we had a great day. And uh, I remember getting a couple questionnaires from the Tigers, the Reds, um, that day. And it just sort of, like, sparked me to where I was like, okay, like, I could really do it. You know, I could really, like, get drafted. And and it's really hard out of, obviously, Northampton. Like, the culture just isn't – just it's not, a, it's not a good baseball culture. It's non-existent. Right, it's just tough yeah. to find players. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, tough to, uh, to find really good coaching. It's tough to play a lot of games. And, uh, so at that moment I sort of just realized, I was like, Oh, like I could, I could do it. And I sort of rode that momentum and, you know, I started talking to teams throughout that off season, like leading into that junior season, I come out my junior year and honestly just was blacked out. I mean, I was, I was, I was locked in with my hitting coach, Pete Fatsy. We, we were sort of on the forefront of the, of the offensive change in baseball where, you know, guys were starting to hit the ball in the air. Like, like we were taught growing up, like stay short short to it, long through it, use your hands, right, get on base. And that was sort of like the what was valued in baseball. Sort of around 2015, 2016, people start doing looking at the numbers, say, hey, you know, we'll produce more runs if we get the ball in the air. And the mechanics of the swing started to adapt and change. Like, hey, now we're trying to get a little more vertical. And what I mean by vertical is the bat more up and down in the zone rather than flat. And Pete Fatsy was sort of on the forefront of this change, which is why he rose up through baseball so quickly and now is in the big leagues with the Sox because he's smart. Um, but I was like, I was sort of a guinea pig for that, for that, uh, that sort of style. I had never hit a ton of homers in my life. I was like a, I was like an average guy, doubles, singles, line drives, punch the ball the other way, kind of. But I would get on base a lot. That junior year, it sort of came together to where I was getting hits, but I was also driving the baseball with more authority. And uh, <clears throat> one of the big moments I remember was when we went to Arizona, Friday night in Arizona, packed out. Everybody, all the college kids are drunk and yelling at us. And I, I go up to hit against this guy, J.C. Connolly, who had not given up a run uh, three weeks into the season. That was sort of the banner pitcher that they had, their Friday night guy. He ended up getting drafted as well. And uh, <clears throat> I was hitting third, and uh, first pitch left on left, just over the batter's eye at Arizona, you know, in a big, big, big school environment. I'm jogging around the bases, and I was like, okay, like, I'm, 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 I'm doing this. Like, I was <laughs> like, I'm a guy. Like, I'm a dude. And I ended up, uh, ended up <clears throat> leading the country in hitting. <clears throat> Halfway through the season, I was hitting 500, having this dream season. So I kind of went from – kind of went from this like under the radar Northeast prospect, like 20 to 40th round guy. Um, just looking to get a shot to where all of a sudden I was like dominating junior year. And I was, you know, I was in the the talks with like Nick Madrigal, Brandon McKay, Corey Ray, best player in the country, you know, Brent Rooker, Eric Osberg, who's going to, you know, the batting average fight, right? Like who's, who's going to lead the, the season in hitting. And that was like surreal. I mean, I started really getting some national attention and, so my stock sort of started to fly up and then what was that what was that like from going from like nobody small school just like you're doing all right but whatever yeah, I was doing to fine. making headlines you know at the top of the stat sheet across the country because there's a lot of other stuff that comes with it it's not just like you're doing well on the field but then you're getting phone calls from media yeah. or interviews like how did you like navigate that I just felt like it was it was it was well deserved I felt like I had earned every bit of it um I had done everything the right way. I, I really, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really given an opportunity at a big school with a lot of media. Um, and I just was sort of taking it in stride. I mean, I was just so focused on the draft, dude. Like all I was thinking about was the draft, the draft, the draft and winning and winning games, you know, like I play best when I'm competing and I'm trying to win games. And we had a really good team that junior year in 2017. And, and, uh, I was really focused on, winning the conference, getting drafted, boom, getting out of there and, and, and moving on. But it really, I mean, look, I mean, it was, you know, 
you can shut it off. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you, you can open up your Twitter and you got a bunch of notific notifications, but like, that's really what it was. You know, I'd get, I was getting calls. I was having meetings with teams and stuff during the week and, and, um, doing all of their prerequisite tests and things like that. And, you know, but as far as like the attention goes, I mean, it was, it was just like, it was just fun. You know, it was like, I felt like it was fun to sort of compare myself to those guys you know, there's a lot of guys that were playing at big schools that I dreamed about playing at when I was a kid. And, and you know, just to, to kind of have that validation, like I could go play there right now, like that that felt really good. The unfortunate part about it was, you know, I was having this dream season and my junior year I'm at the University of Maine. I'm running home to, you know, on like a play at the plate and the University of Maine had just put in new turf at home plate. But the um, the old turf outside the batter's box was still – was still old and matted down so they had this really weird like new spongy turf and they had this like matted down old turf so there was a ridge at the batting at the batter's box and they were in the process of renovating it and uh yeah and like I went up to slide at the at the plate and the catcher was coming down to tag me and my left my left knee like hit like jammed into like the ridge of the turf like I just remember kind of like hitting like almost like a like a root of a tree, you know, like how they're risen above the ground, like sort of sliding into something that felt like that. And I sort of popped over and awkwardly kind of rolled over. And I kind of felt like, you know, you, you hit your funny bone, like, and you kind of have that feeling down your arm. It kind of felt like that down my leg. And, uh, I was like, Ooh, and I go to the, the dugout and I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know? And I, I throw on the gear and I go out to catch and like the first swing kid pops it up and I turn around and like my leg just like gives out and I can't. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And I'd never been hurt, you know, ever until that time. Like never had a real injury. And I, I, uh, I ended up partially tearing my PCL halfway through that season, hitting 500 on the dot 43 for 86. You know, everybody's there to see me. And, uh, oh my God, it was the most devastating moment, dude. It was so bad. Like I, I was riding home on the bus from me and I couldn't move my leg. I was crying. Dude. It was like, it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to get drafted. Like it's three months before the draft, like did all, you know, this gives teams an excuse not to take me, you know, I'm playing at Hartford or whatever. And, uh, it was tough. And I, I just basically, <laughs> you know, we had to start communicating with the teams, like as far as like, this is the injury, you know, it's not the ACL. I'm going to be back in three months and sort of like do all of that, which was like really annoying, a lot of paperwork. And it was like a lot of communication and, and, uh, you know, ended up, you know, going to getting into draft day and, you know, I hadn't played a game until the draft and the draft came and the Rays ended up selecting me 13th round and I got down to Florida and that was like my next time I stepped in the box was like in pro ball, you know, and I really wasn't prepared at that first year. Where was your head at? Like at that moment, was it just like you were just completely destroyed after that or were you somewhat like optimistic? Like, okay, I can do it. Well, the, the real truth of it is, man, like I, I, I would have, I would have taken a Snickers bar to play, you know, like I, I, I would have signed for free, you know, give me a plane ticket. I just want to get a Jersey and, and go try to prove myself. That was my mindset. My whole, basically my whole life, you know, I was like, I don't care. But then when I started, you know, you know, top 200 prospect, you know, people start telling me you're going to be a top five round pick, you know, then you, then you start looking at the slot bonuses in the, in the draft. Like, you're like, Oh, like I should be able to like, make a lot of money here. Like, and I thought I was deserving, you know, I, I expected to go in sort of the top seven rounds, I ended up going in the 13th round, but I expected to go from a top seven, um, you know, being like a top 200 guy, even with the injury. And, uh, and, and sort of that I, I did, there was a moment where I felt, you know, once I got into it, like the difference in, in, in bonus money from the sixth round to the 13th round is pretty big. You know, there's a pretty big difference there. It's probably a six figure difference, you know, in, in bonus money. And I sort of felt like that was taken from me unfairly in a sense. Um, but at the same time, like, dude, I just really wanted to play. And it sort of just fueled that, like, desire to, to play. But even to this day, man, I'm, I'm upset about it because I would have wanted to finish out that year at Hartford. I wouldn't – I would have wanted to see what the whole year would have looked like. And it sort of gave teams an excuse to sort of, like, pass on me and be like, oh, like, 
He's now, doing really well. Now there's we like don't the, know about an this, injury yeah. and whatever. He had a good little run there and like, but you know, they love to find major the one kid. thing. They love yeah, to mid- find the one thing that just like, you know. yeah. And 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 I got to I got to Florida doing the GCL. Totally culture shock. The heat in the summer of Florida is 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 like it. You know, playing every day. It's like I was not prepared for it. Honestly, I was not that I wasn't in shape, but I hadn't played games until I got there. I was rehabbing my knee and I was trying to. uh to be back and I just I just was kind of unprepared I was kind of out of sync offensively I didn't really play much that first year and it was like a kick in the kick in the nuts man like like here I am top of the country hitting like I'm best division one hitter in the country right now get drafted go down there don't see the field hit a buck 80 like just trying to survive you know in the GCL at noon games 100 degrees facing guys throwing 100 you know who just got over from the Dominican Republic like who are nasty (laughs) who are like talented got explosive stuff and you know I just it was it was kind of a kick in the nuts man I got home that offseason I was like damn like I gotta lock in and we gotta like get better here because it was like you know you're hitting 500 you're at the top and now i'm hitting 180 i'm in pro ball i'm in the rookie ball and (laughs) getting my ass kicked you know i think this is a good transition too like obviously like back to this show nickel up that's like our term for this it's a it's hustle it was just like i'm just trying to get my nickel up right yeah trying to get my nickel up yeah in the minor leagues that you're not making you're not making a lot of money no not at all and that's a big misconception yeah, so like you're playing pro sports, everything with pro sports comes along with that. Mm-hmm. The time they have to be in the gym, the actually playing on the games, the travel schedule, all that. What are like some some things, whether it was you or like teammates or you saw like people, ways that people were getting their nickel up like in in the minor leagues? Oh man, in the oh. past, you know, seven years when you're oh man, too. dude, yeah, everything. Um, it, it's guys, everybody, everybody's got side hustle. Everybody's doing stocks, crypto, right? Like throwing a couple hundred bucks in the crypto here, you know, doing research on the boss. On Anyone the take their game checks in crypto? From Not the whole, days? not, you know, I mean, we weren't getting game checks. <laughs> it was every two weeks you get paid just like anybody else. But, you know, just trying to find ways like, you know, we don't get paid in the off season. So that's a big misconception. Like everybody thinks we just have money to blow. Um, guys are doing lessons. I've been coaching for seven years now. You, you ever come back sector. like to like hometown and everybody's like, yo, like, like let's get a table or something. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And you're like, dude, like, uh, yeah, especially early, like early on, like, let's go to Boston, let's go to this club, let's go do that, let's, uh, you know, it, it's more like people come up to you asking for money because they think that like you have money, and that's that's not cool, you know. Like yeah. they don't really understand like how it is, you know. And it's like, hey man, I wish I made that much, you know, like, um. But it's not as much now, but definitely like in the early years, definitely. Um, but I mean, baseball guys are smart. A lot of smart guys in, in baseball that I've met. A lot of smart guys. A lot of smart guys in 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 the stock game, in the crypto game. Um, I'm actually going to an XRP convention tonight. Um, but but um, <laughs> guys are looking are are doing everything. They're flipping cards. They're they're um, one guy. One guy I played with was like buying iphones and then he would like refurbish them and resell them he was a pitcher on my team a couple years um (laughs) ipads things like that like and guys will work on cards like like it's just what it was you know and 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 i'm kind of thankful for it because i've met a lot of smart dudes smart dudes that know how to grind that have who are smart who are kind of creative thinkers you'll find a lot of that in the minor leagues um because you can't be a scrub and get there you know you got to be smart you got to be able to take care of yourself do you think that's – I don't want to say, like, intentional by, like, the MLB because, like, they don't, like, want that. But at the same time, they choose – I mean, there's not enough money in it, and they also just choose not to, like, pay them. They more. could pay – I mean, they, they just – yeah, I mean, they could probably pay us. Like, We actually – there was just a court case that just got passed. We actually got a raise this year. Um, the players finally unionized in the minor leagues, so – now there's a minor league sort of players union, right? Like there's an MLB players union. You see it in the NBA. Um, so now they've unionized. That's a big deal. That just happened, but that was sort of on the tail end of my sort of like now I'm on the tail end. I'm in the seventh year. So, um, but but it's a business. Like they they would like to limit the cost as much as possible at the lower levels. Like which is just is what it is, you know. And you sort of have to accept it, right? You know, all the guys like it sucks it's kind of unfair we feel like at times right like given the work and given how hard it is to maintain your 
your ability to play at that level. Cause if you think about it, right, like I get home, I'm not getting paid, but I have to get better. I'm expected to get better. I'm expected to elevate myself. I got to pay for trainers, food, like find a routine. It's going to cost me money to do that. It's going to, I have to invest in my career in the off season. Right. But like, I also have to find a way to make money. So now it's like a balance of time. Like, you know, and you're not maximizing your time to maximize yourself financially. Like you're, you're training, I'm paying my That's trainer in the morning, That's, right? Yeah, like yeah. I'm in the morning training and then I coach at night and then that wears on you over time. And, and <clears throat> that's like part of the challenge of it too. And, and so like, it, I think it, it, I don't think it's designed in any way to like weed out the week or whatever. It's just, everybody understands the opportunity cost. Like I wanted to do it. You know, I understood what I was signing up for. It just, it's certainly tough at times though. Like to, to, you know, to just feel like, man, like this guy in the AHL is making freaking 80 K a year. You know, and I'm really in hockey. In the, yeah, in the AHL. Yeah, like the, the you know, like the minor, a minor league hockey guy or a G League, G League basketball guy. Oh, yeah, G or, League, but the G League like, is like crazy. I know, man. but like it just, if you look at all the lower level like leagues, yeah. like they're all, you know, they're Absolutely. doing better than we are. But yeah. at the same time, you know, um, there's still that reward that you're chasing, obviously. Yeah, you know, and I, yeah, I mean, I wanted, yeah, I understood what I was signing up for. I wanted to play, so it's okay, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you think there's a way for Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball to, grow their exposure and inherently build the platforms of athletes so that they can make more money, you know, whether that's the attention they're getting off the field, capitalize on social media or just like through actual revenue. Yeah, we need uh, the baseball, the marketing of baseball, I think is, is poor, right? And people, people are not going to go to games because the game is like a little shorter, you know, like the pitch clock, that's cool. Okay. We're, we're keeping the pace up, right? That's fine. They made that adjustment. Nobody cares about three batter minimums for relievers. Like that is not going to be the deciding factor. If somebody needs to go, wants to go to a game, they want to go to a game because they want to see something they haven't seen. They want to see something that's out of this world. They want to see conflict. Why, why is Jake Paul, you know, the, the most talked about athlete right now, who's got a freaking documentary on Netflix, like, cause he drives conflict. Um, some of my greatest baseball memories are, you know, Veritech A-Rod fighting, right? Like, you know, like being a catcher and like being, you know, the warrior for your team, like that, that, that's one of those like everlasting highlights, you know, um, you know, and magnifying the big hits and like baseball, I mean, Kim, Kim Kardashian and, 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 and this movie star and this rapper, like they got more followers than Mike Trout does. And, and Mike Trout's like, you know, the best ever Shohei Otani, he kind of grabbed, the spotlight this year a little bit with the world baseball classic and people are realizing how talented he is. But again, like he's not matching the same level of celebrity as like some of these other people as like a James Harden or, or yeah. even a Paul George who is like a tier two NBA guy, you know, has like a higher level of celebrity. Right. And like, that's a problem. Right. And we need to market the players better. There needs to be, we need to bring the conflict back to the game. And I'm not saying like, okay, fighting, like we need to fight every game. Right. Like the players want, to play a certain way there's respect in baseball right like we're not going to play dirty or cheap but like i can't tell you how many times during a game or 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 during a week a player's like you dude i want to freaking i want to fucking drill this dude with 99 his ribs so he can't <laughs> see straight the next day like you know i you know after he like showed him up or something like that or like you know i'm like during the game be like you know i'm gonna slide in and i'm gonna take that guy out at second base to like save him out here you know like but all in response to something else. It's not, it's not like it's out of hand or anything, but like the MLB needs to let the players sort of express play in that way. Like the, it's not going to, it's not going to go, it's not going to disrupt the traditionalist baseball fan. I mean, that's how they used to play in the seventies, eighties, nineties, you know? And, and even in the early two thousands, there was more of like a conflict, like, like let's go kind of, kind of like mindset. And it's now it's not like that. And I think that's a big problem. And I think that would drive interest with the fans. And I think it would drive, um, interest in just like on like your day-to-day -day sports centers, like, Oh, Oh, reds, reds, you know, reds giants just makes it more interesting. Yeah. It makes me, you know, like this player doesn't like this, this player doesn't like this player, you know, this guy, you know, they're, and, and what that does is it builds up anticipation for the next matchup. Yeah. Like, Oh, you know, Rays Yankees, they got into it. You know, they play next month in April, like in May, like, okay, we're going to tune into that. I feel like that's like great because there's a lot of like, like sports marketing, like there's so much like flawed and like failed 
attempts to like do shit mm-hmm. where they, they think like, oh, let's build this crazy marketing campaign, mm-hmm. p- like position things this way and this way. This is completely natural. It's yeah. all, all it takes is the MLB to accept it because it'll happen regardless. And if they, instead of like, like this happens and they penalize guys or they like brush guys are guys, yeah to that guys are just disincentivized like in a major way like you know we get completely you know talked down to by the brass of baseball if like the bench is clear right like once or twice or, or a couple of times like and that's you know it's not it's not meant to be done out of character or, or without class but let the players that's natural let just the happens. players yeah. just compete and whatever happens happens right Guys, guys, guys are fine throwing it, throwing, throwing fists a little bit. Like there are certain certain guys that will fight on the team, right? Like there are certain guys that won't. Just like the NHL, right? Like you have guys that will fight, and there are guys that won't fight, and they know their role, and they accept the risk, they accept what's going on, and I can tell you firsthand from like being in a couple like scuffles, like you know that bring the the team camaraderie, you know, in the locker room is like, man, like. Like what, you know, that we're kind of coming together. Like we're, we're sort of, we're playing for each other more, you know, like it builds that a little bit. And And then they get in the way, the big, the, you know, the guys in the suits get in the way. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Sometimes. And and it's not, you know, we're not saying, oh, this is, we're going to be chucking balls at guys heads all the time. It's just like, Hey, I'm just saying, let, I'm not just let the, let the players compete. You know, if something happens, let it, let, let it happen. Let's not degrade the player. Let's not, you know, let's not like, you know, you know, let's not, let's not defame him in the media as being like this 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 dirty player dickhead like let's just let them compete everybody out there is a gladiator it's an elite athlete right like and there are players that know the risk man like the everybody who understand the loudest the nhl arena gets is when there's a fight yeah. you know it's just I, I went to a lightning game for the first time you know in the off season down in tampa the guys start fighting the place it just erupts oh, everybody's like, on their feet yeah and like, i was like damn this is yeah. crazy you know like <laughs> like well hockey is like arguably the best atmosphere for sports in general could be playoff yeah. hockey like no at the garden like you see a bruins game oh my god that's no just doubt. like no doubt you're inside you're cramped up on people yeah yeah like the, it's and so magnified but, but what it's good for any other sport to look at that that wants good fan experience fan engagement sell tickets Drive hype, get on Sports Center, all that stuff. You see hockey's doing. You see the refs when there's a fight, they step away a little bit and then they break it up and then it doesn't linger. It's just like yeah. that happens. It people get excited about it. They get the highlight plays and then they just keep going with the game. Yeah, the and athletes are like, hey, like, hey, we're we're. It's not something that would that would be. I just think it really needs to be like talked about and say like, ha, ha, and not it doesn't have to even be like fighting it, it, how do we drive more conflict good versus evil you know the mlb like the red sox yankees used to be good versus evil like you know the big what they call the evil empire right that was like the yankees growing up right like how do we how do you bring that back right because it's theatric sports is entertainment it's theatrics right and the players understand that more than you think, you know, especially, you know, baseball players do understand that this is entertainment and they understand that people are paying for a ticket and like, they would like to express themselves, you know, and the NBA, you see it, you know, all the time, right? Like it's in the NFL, the NFL is killing it because the NFL understands how to promote a player. They understand how to like promote narratives. Um, Hey, mark this on your schedule, right? Like, I think there's so many games in baseball that sometimes, like, if you magnify one game, it's like, well, why is that game more important than this game, yeah. right? And, like, that that's something to be talked about as well, but. Just the culture in general. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's not going to upset. You know, I just, being in the locker room, you know, knowing the suppression of, like, oh, if I do this, I'll get in trouble. Um, you know, I'd say let, let the players express a little bit, you know. Outside of baseball, what else, like, obviously, like, that's your career. That's your life. That's been your life for mm-hmm. As long as you've been on Earth, pretty much, yeah, right? Yeah. But like, what else? What else do you just do, like, on a day to day? I mean, man. I mean, I'm. I've been really into crypto recently. You know, I'm, XRP I'm deep conference. in XRP. Yeah, the X. Going to that tonight. The XRP. Uh, you know, the XRP proper party. The. Um, I'm into learning. You know, I'm. I'm into sort of. Uh, you know, just my dad's in finance. I like to. I like to learn about that. I. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably flip flip some cards this off season. I know you did that for a while, like, um, just because you know I love tracking the NFL and like 
um, kind of like buying stock in players and just sort of watching them grow. I, I like, you know, I love working out. I do a lot of private industry coaching in, in the baseball space. Um, always wanted to learn to cook a little bit better. Never really got in, never really, uh, I haven't really put the time into that. What's your best dish? Uh, I, I'm breakfast, probably breakfast, <laughs> like eggs. Know, breakfast. I make the best <laughs> eggs probably on the East coast, but, um, uh, you know, I, I love go-karting. I'd like to love to get into like sort of racing. That was sort of my dream post baseball was to get to the big leagues, make a lot of money and buy like a amateur race car and race, you know, at like Mount Monadnock Speedway and like, you know, That's sick. just like do some like casual race. That'd be like my dream. There's obviously it's a lot of cost, you know, year to year. So I'm sort of like my big dream is like have a car race, you know, and whatever series, you know, Friday. If nights. everything, you know, if everything goes your way, like ideally career wise, what does that, you know, look like just looking forward? Well, I'm at a point now I'm going to be 28, you know, next month. And I just want to play, man. I just want to play as long as I can. I still feel like I got tons of juice in the tank. I don't feel like. I don't feel like I have, uh, I don't feel finished with it. You know, I, um, you know, I've kind of been, you know, not, I've never been like really the first guy on the depth chart with the Rays. Like it's just the facts of it. If you look it up, you know, you'll see. Um, and it's tough to play sparingly, you know, once, twice a week. It's really tough to have success that way. And, but I've, I've stuck with it for a long time and I've, I've had a lot of success, you know, being sort of in a platoon role, um, and I have no, no desire to stop really right now. You know, like I'm just, I know that I'm too good not to play. So, you know, does that mean getting to the big leagues? You know, I'd love to get to the big leagues, but at this point, you know, getting to the big leagues is a lot of luck, man. It's a lot of luck and it's not really understood by the normal fan. Like sometimes, man, like you're playing all right. Guy gets hurt at the right time and you get a call it right. Like, or, you know, the guy's contract expires at your position and now we kind of have an opening and we, you know, now we're kind of platooning the position of the big league, big leagues. And this guy gets a shot. And once you get to double AA, a triple a man, it's really, it's really kind of luck, dude. There's a lot of players in triple a that are not in the big leagues that should be in the big leagues. And I could name 20 off the top of my head. And, and that, and that kind of sucks about it, you know, cause you know, the, the, the talent margin is really so razor thin, you know, in football, right? Like you have to hit a certain metric to be able to, to play. Like you run a four or five, you know, you're, you, you can bench X, like you have to have a certain level of physicality baseball. You can impact the game in a lot of ways. And it's really comes down to how the team values impact. Like what are they looking for? Um, cause different teams value different things. So it's sort of, sort of where, where it's at, you know, I have no desire to stop. I'll be playing somewhere next year. I don't know where that'll be yet, but it will be somewhere and we're going to be back in the Jersey. Love it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. Is there anything else like? I mean, I appreciate it, man. We'll, I mean, I, we could do we could we could do another one. We could talk oh, lifestyle. Yeah. Sort of. I'm I'm home for a while, so yeah, we'll we'll, get, we'll chop it up again. I'm for down. Sure. We'll get get your other homies in here. Yeah, exactly. We gotta get yeah. the whole squad. <laughs> Just me today, but uh, yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Go follow Eric uh, at Eric Osberg twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah. yeah, Eric Osberg twenty one on Instagram, Twitter. Let's get it. I'm not really posting much on Twitter, but. Yeah. Sweet. All right, dude. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah, man. No problem. Appreciate it.